reading from Bhagavad Gita, chapter 2, verse 56. One who is not disturbed in mind, even amidst the threefold miseries, or elated when there is happiness, and there's an echo here, yeah. who is free from Attachment, fear, and anger is called a sage of steady mind. I'll read something from the purport. A fully Krishna conscious person is not at all disturbed by the onslaughts of the threefold miseries, for he accepts all miseries as the mercy of the Lord, thinking himself only worthy of more trouble due to his past misdeeds. And he sees that his miseries, by the grace of the Lord, are minimized to the lowest. Similarly, when he's happy, he gives credit to the Lord in thinking himself unworthy of the happiness. <coughs> he realizes that it is due only to the Lord's grace he is in such a comfortable condition and able to render better service to the Lord. And for the service of the Lord, he is always daring and active, and is not influenced by attachment or aversion. Okay. So here we see what is the attitude of a devotee when difficulties arise. How does the devotee think? How does he feel? When uh, difficulties arise, he thinks, oh, this is Krishna's mercy. Uh, yeah, it was, yeah, I was on my way at, in Vrindavan coming to Australia to make the flight. And I experienced this. Uh, the difficulty was there was, it, it took us three and a half hours in traffic to get to the airport for 12 kilometers. And I thought, okay, I'm gonna miss the flight. I got there right at the time of departure of the flight. I got to the airport. And the flight was one hour delayed because the pilot was also late. <laughs> so Krishna's, you know, I, I was hopeless. I think, you know, I'm not going to make this flight. But Krishna intervened. And uh, so what we were doing for those three and a half hours, I was phoning to I was really. But, but actually, I was depending on Krishna. I said, no, we just have to get to the airport and see what happens. I just told him that the driver was to cancel the flight. Do this, do that. I said, no, we just go to the airport and see what happens. So <laughs> have to trust Krishna sometimes. When problems come, just trust him. He will help you. He will help you. So, um, yeah, uh, in the material world, when difficulties come, people say, why me? Why is, why is this happening to me? Uh, His Holiness Bhakti Chirtamraj used to ask a question to the people he was speaking to, how many of you 
have seen somebody suffering and think, oh, I'm glad it's not me. Sometimes we think like that. <laughs> or how many of you have uh, seen someone suffering and thinking, oh, I wish that was me instead of that person? Mothers, maybe. Mothers may see their child suffering. So, but no, nobody. That's the Vaishnava. The Vaishnava sees the suffering and he wants to take it himself. Why should everybody suffer? Let me suffer. So this is, this is the Vaishnava attitude. Um, so sometimes, devotee, we understand the philosophy, but there's a gap between our, you know, we know the philosophy, our knowledge, and our experience. We can't really apply the philosophy. So this is, this is a problem. Uh, we, we don't understand that we are different from the body and the mind. We don't have that uh, understanding, that experience. We know yeah, I'm not this body, I'm not this mind, but still, even when Prabhupada was here, the disciples of Prabhupada, they, they asked Prabhupada about this, why, you know, uh, one devotee says, you know, we feel like we are very fallen. And Prabhupada said, no, that's illusion. You are fallen means you got some desires except service to Krishna. That means why you feel fallen. No question of falling down or maya. But the devotees said, but we feel affected by the modes of nature, even we're devotees. Uh, Prabhupada said, no, you're not experiencing. Your body is not experiencing. You are not feeling hot due to the body. You're not feeling hot. And the body said, well, I think I'm feeling hot. <laughs> <laughs> and the Prabhupada said, you think, yes. <laughs> so that is illusion. <laughs> so the body said, I should rise above that. And Prabhupada said, yes, but not artificially. You can't just jump to a higher uh, realization. Just like if you have a fever, you're, you're actually you're a healthy person, but fever is not part of your, your being. It's not, should be, should not be there. But the fever has come, but you shouldn't think, oh, now I have a fever. I am, I am this fever and I cannot do anything now. I just have to give up everything and, and die. Oh, no. <laughs> you, the fever will come, the fever will go, and you will get your health back again. So we should not misidentify with the body. Um, Bhagavad Gita says, Mata sparsast kontea, shitosna sukadugadaha that you, sh you have to tolerate heat and cold, happiness and stress. It will come. It will come. So this is the first symptom of a saintly person. He's titikshava, he's tolerant. And uh, one time Prabhupada was sick. He had uh, fever and diarrhea for three days. So what happened after the three days, his servant asked him a question, not directly, indirectly, does a pure devotee suffer? And Prabhupada said, no, it was a lover's bite. So he felt, he saw the hand of Krishna in that fever and diarrhea, he saw this is Krishna bite, this is Krishna biting me. We have heard, perhaps you have heard the example at the time of death, is that the materialistic person, for him, he's like a rat in the mouth of the cat. How is he feeling? Very distressed. 
Oh, I'm going to die. He's going to eat me alive. Now, how a devotee feels at death is like a kitchen in the mouth of the cat. How does the kitten feel? Safe. Happy, safe. My mother is taking me home. So, sometimes we get the teeth of the cat even before we die. And so, we have to realize, no, this is just Krishna. I'm going in the wrong direction. Maybe he's, he's picking me up and putting me in the right place. So, even in Krishna's time, there were disturbances. And now, again, there are, dis there are always disturbances. You can't avoid it. But there are things you can do to counteract the threefold miseries. There are things. Three kinds of, what are these threefold miseries? Adibautic, adidaivic, adiatomic. So adibautic means due to other living beings. Adidaivic means due to the um, nature, like these bushfires. That would be an example of adidaivic, or drought, or floods. This is adidaivic. Adiyatmik is due to your own body and mind. That causes your suffering. Your body or your mind can cause suffering. So Bhagavatam tells us how to counteract these threefold miseries. Srimad Bhagavatam. Uh, Adidaivik, to counteract Adidaivik miseries, that's so from the uh, demigods, from nature, uh, you can meditate in trance. Of course, our meditation is to meditate on chanting Hare Krishna. We meditate on Krishna. We meditate on chanting Hare Krishna. So this is for Adi Jaivik. Adi Bhotik, uh, problems due to other living entities, you can counteract by good behavior, and freedom from envy. We're envious and that causes us trouble. That causes us trouble. And our behavior, if we make mistake in our behavior, that can cause us trouble. And adi we can counteract by practicing hatha yoga and pranayama. This is from Bhagavatam. But don't worry, we'll understand what pranayama means according to Srila Prabhupada. It's not exactly what the Ashtaka Yoga system says. Um, but we will find out. So we will discuss these a little bit more in detail. Adidaivik, that is the demigods. Meditation and trance to counteract the threefold misery, the misery of Adidaivik, or nature. So we chant Hare Krishna. But uh, there is an example of one sadhu who was meditating on Lord Shiva, and he was able to counteract a devastation. So in 2013, in Kedarnath, there was a huge devastation. There was avalanche, there was flooding, and temple was protected. One big stone came in front of the temple and protected it. But on both the sides, there was flood, there was avalanche, and all the guest houses and everything was destroyed, were destroyed. So why did this happen? Um, because the government of India decided to move Parvati's temple from below Shiva to above Shiva. 
And the pujari had a dream the night before, and she said, don't move me. They moved her. And then this avalanche came, and she was angry, and this flood came. So then what happened, uh, during this devastation, during this flood, this, this sadhu, this uh, Shiva devotee, he was just standing in front of the temple and meditating on Lord Shiva. And he, didn't, he wasn't disturbed at all. So then, another, then what happened, they, they sent helicopters, the roads were all destroyed, so they sent up helicopters to evacuate. There was pilgrims, it was summertime, maybe a thousand people were up there. So they were taking them out by helicopter. So it came the turn of this sadhu to, to go away, and he said, no, I don't need a helicopter, I will walk. So he was completely in trance, and uh, he was protected, he was protected. So he could counteract the Adi, Daivik, misery due to nature. Another example, one of our sannyasis, His Holiness Indudumna Swami, was in an airplane flying in, in South Africa somewhere, one city to another. And the plane was trying to land, but every time the plane tried to land, there was a violent wind, worse than what was out there now. Um, that could get worse. Uh, so and the plane would shake violently and the, the captain, the pilot couldn't land and he went back up. So when this happened, when the plane was shaking, Maharaj was chanting, Hare Krishna! <laughs> and the Muslims were going, Allah, Allah. And the, and the Christians were going, Jesus. <laughs> and, but next to Maharaj, there was a scientist said, Swamiji, I do not believe in all this. plane went down again. It was shaking violently. Everyone was praying. The scientist was getting sick. Came back up. The scientist said, what, what was that you were saying? Hare <laughs> <laughs> Krishna. No, no, the whole thing, the whole thing. The scientist learned the mantra. The pilot said, we will try one more time. If it doesn't work, we will go back where we came from. The plane went down, everybody was chanting, the scientist was chanting, the plane landed. <laughs> so Maharaj said, now do you believe? The scientist said, maybe. <laughs> so Maharaj said, here's my card if you have any questions. <laughs> so yeah, that's um, counteracts the idiotic miseries. If you are meditating, med our meditation is chanting Hare Krishna. When we chant, we meditate. That's our meditation. Because it's the means and it's the end. The end is Krishna. You want to go to Krishna. And the means is also to go to Krishna, chant Hare Krishna. That's our meditation. So when we meditate in trance on Krishna, then we are, we are protected. So then, Adi Bhautik, about Adi Bhautik means problems due to other living beings. So, Good behavior and freedom from envy. Bhagavatam explains in third canto, through charitable gifts and attention, as well as through friendly behavior and doing all to be alike, one should please me who abide in all creatures, creatures as their very self. So there's three kinds of people we meet. Some people are our superiors. We should respect them and serve them. Some are our equals, we should make friendship. Some are our juniors, we should be merciful. 
and give them Krishna consciousness. So uh, this is what we need to do. Um, but sometimes it was difficult to practice this. Even when Prabhupada was here, devotees would sometimes be fighting. And so one devotee wrote a letter to Prabhupada that, you know, these devotees are so impersonal. Uh, they are fighting. And Prabhupada said, no, um, we shouldn't expect anywhere some utopia. Rather, that is impersonalism. It cannot be perfect here in the material world. People should not expect, even in this movement, there will be perfect perfection. And because the ways are persons, therefore, there will always be some lacking. There will be some lacking. But the difference is the devotees have given up everything and they're serving Krishna. Um, and he's talking about our devotees' money. We give up jobs. We give up reputation, wealth, education. Their lackings have become transcendental because despite everything devotees do, their intention, their topmost intention, is to serve Krishna. So, Prabhupada in Juhu Beach in Bombay used to go on a walk in Juhu Beach with um, Dr. Patel. Mm -hmm. Maybe some of you have heard the conversations of Dr. Patel. So, Dr. Patel would quote Bhagavad Gita, but his goal was to merge. It was impersonal. Impersonalism. So liberation. Dr. Patel wanted liberation. So, but he was a very kind person, very... He had money, but he went begging to the merchants in Bombay, asking for mattresses, blankets, pillows for the devotees, mosquito nets. He donated them. But the problem was after two years, it all went missing because it was India. They were living in a hut, and you can't keep anything, you know, if somebody will come and take it. So Dr. Patel got upset. He said, I gave, I gave all these things to the devotees, and they don't care, you know. They're taking care of their health. And Prabhupada said to Dr. Patel, these devotees do not care if they have to sleep on the floor. They do not care if they get disease or don't have proper facilities. That liberation you so much desire, they already have it. So <laughs> he told Dr. Patel, they're liberated. <laughs> we don't need these things. Yeah, one time I was visiting Bombay, Juhu, and there was this hut where the men used to live. It was the prasadam room. It was everything, kitchen, office, in one hut, in the same room. Um, so one devotee, I saw Giriraj, now he's Maharaj, he was a brahmachari then. He was underneath a table. I said, Prabhu, what are you doing under the table? And he said, oh, I have fever and it, it's the only place I can lie down with nobody stepping on me. So that was Juhu Bombay. <laughs> Ladies' ashram was on the roof of the building. It was summer. I didn't stay for monsoon. I went to Calcutta. <laughs> so I don't know what happened then. But, um, yeah, I remember sleeping up on the roof of the building. It was hot. So um, this was good behavior, freedom from envy. Then we could counteract miseries from other living entities. Um, 
So one time Gurudas was on a morning walk with Shira Prabhupada. And he said, Prabhupada, I think um, cow dung is better than our stool. And Prabhupada said, you have researched. <laughs> anyway, so now we have the Aididaivik about the nature problems. We have about the other living beings problems. So the last one is Adiyatmik, um, Hatha Yoga and Pranayama. You can counteract problems due to your body and mind. So Prabhupada explained, what is Pranayama? Pranayama, this is in a purport of Bhagavatam. As far as Pranayama is concerned, chanting of the holy name of the Lord and dancing in ecstasy are also considered Pranayama. There you go. So we're all doing Pranayama. And when you chant Japa, you're doing Padyahara. Bringing the mind back. Fourth and fifth levels. So Prabhupada said, we start on the eighth level. The smaranam is remembering is on the eighth level. Uh, Tiana is, is the eighth level, and we're already seventh level. We're already doing that. So Gita also uh, tells us in the... Where did my Gita go? Here it is. In the sixth chapter, how we can get free from miseries by self-control, by... Regulation, sixth chapter, verse six, uh, 17. He was regulated in his habits of eating, sleeping, recreation, and work can mitigate all material pains by practicing the yoga system. So regulation, what does this mean? Uh, regulation means to be in the mode of goodness. Because in passion and ignorance, there is no regulation. The senses can take you any minute. The mode of goodness is under control, passion and ignorance. You can control your anger, you can control things and use them for Krishna. So this is, this is the mode of goodness. There is one word which describes the mode of goodness and also describes Ayurvedic medicine. One word. Same. Same word will describe what is the goal of Ayurved and what is mode of goodness. And that word is balance. We want to balance the dosas in Ayurved. If you're balanced, you're healthy. If you're imbalanced, you're unhealthy. Same with mode of goodness. Mode of goodness is balance. Other modes may be there a little bit. Some anger, some um, depression. But it's under control. Sadness. Not depression. Depression's extreme. But a little bit of lamentation. But you lament that you can't see Krishna. You know, it's not different. It's not the same kind that we feel in this world. So, um, Prabhupada also talks about disease. Three causes of disease: overeating, anxiety, and uncleanliness. So if you've got a disease, it's one of these three, most probably. So the attitude of devotee is described uh, by Lord Brahma in his prayers, Tatenu Kampam, Susamik Shamano, hope against hope, that you will get the mercy. So often we get the mercy, but uh, we don't appreciate the mercy. Uh, it may come in a difficult way. So when that happens, I mean, when, when the... Good things come, that's not a problem. We, we can remember Krishna. Oh, thank you, Krishna. 
That's really nice. But if you're not a devotee, you'll say, "Wow, just see what I did. How 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 good I am. How competent I am. How how I I did this." Devotee will, will not take credit. He'll say, "Oh, thank you, Krishna, for giving me this opportunity, for giving me this opulence, or whatever. I'm I will use it for you, definitely." And so. So we have to hope against hope for mercy, and we have to tolerate our reactions of our karma. And the third thing, serve with body, mind, and words. Uh, so that's the devotee. No matter what happens, he does his service. The example is Arjuna. Bhagavad Gita, after, after he heard Bhagavad Gita, he, he did fight for Krishna. Now, Prabhupada gave a class in Hyderabad, or maybe it was Mauritius, and one gentleman raised his hand and says, I think Arjuna was not a pure devotee. So, because he heard Bhagavad Gita, Gita said, you should not lament. When his son died, he lamented. He's not a pure devotee. Prabhupada said, no, that's natural. If your son dies, you will lament. Every human being will lament. But the proof that he's a pure devotee is after his son died, he didn't quit. He said, oh, no more serving Krishna. Look what happens when I serve Krishna. No, he fought even more the next day. He went through the whole army to get the person who was responsible for his son's death. He, he didn't give up. That's the proof. Even when the difficulties come, you don't stop your service. You keep on going. You try your best. You may have to change your service if you get sick. Might be more like hearing and chanting, or reading, or whatever, something. But you don't give up your service if problems come. And uh, so we, we we are grateful to Krishna. To be being grateful is very helpful to advance in spiritual life. To say thank you, Krishna, when anything happens good, and also to say thank you, Krishna, when anything happens difficult, too. And there's an exercise you can do. When difficulties come, write down ten reasons why you're thanking Krishna. Number one, like, if, for example, uh, my computer broke. Thank you, Krishna, for breaking my computer. Now I will spend more time out in nature. Uh, thank you, Krishna, for breaking my computer. Now I will not forget how to write with a pen. <laughs> I, he I heard that many children don't know how don't know how to write now these days. They just go on WhatsApp or Facebook. <laughs> they don't need to write. Yeah. So uh, yeah. Um, thank you for breaking my computer. Now my brain will work more. Yeah. I saw one. One. I saw one in uh, on the internet. There was a comic, and the son was saying, "So, I have Netflix. I have uh, WhatsApp. I have Facebook. I have internet. I have Google. What did you have?" He asked his father, "When you were going to school?" And his father said, "I have my brain." <laughs> <laughs> so this is, <laughs> yeah, it's this is today. Today's culture, um, they're glued to their, their thing. And so, yes, we should, um, and if you can follow these three things, hope against hope, tolerate, 
and do service, then you're eligible to go back to Godhead, eligible for liberation. This is what you need to go back to Godhead. So that's from this verse 10, 14, 8 in Srimad Bhagavatam. So why does sometimes devotees suffer? Krishna Chakravati Thakur says, um, it is at night when the sunrise becomes attractive. During hot summer, cold water gives comfort. And during cold, warm water is nice. And when you're really hungry, then food tastes really good. So when sometimes the devotee suffers, um, the Lord wants to strengthen his devotee's mood of dependence on him and longing for him, and he arranges a little suffering. When Krishna comes to save you, then the devotee's gratitude and transcendental pleasure are unlimited. So we see that. He wants to be the Krishna wants to be the hero. Not in the material world, everyone is supposed to be their own hero. And that's how you you go ahead. And uh, yeah, and that's why there's not good behavior. Just every we are, in order for you to go up, you have to push someone down. And this is uh, like when Prabhupada went to Japan to print his Krishna book. He met with the executives of Dynapan Printing Company, and he talked to one young executive in private, and he asked this man, what is your goal? <clears throat> and so the, the executive took out all these calling cards for all of the executives. His was on the bottom, took it from the bottom, put it on the top. This is my goal. So, yeah, so this is the material world. The spiritual world, you, you bring others up, and then you go up. You go up with them. And so this is, it's different. It's different. So sometimes, Mandavodi um, also asked Prabhupada, you know, I'm confused because in your books, in your lectures, you say when you become a devotee, you're on the transcendental platform. At the same time, you talk about being affected by the modes of material nature. It's although I'm a devotee, I'm practicing the principles of devotional service, I experience a certain amount of pleasure. Same time, I feel affected by the modes. How is it I can be transcendental on the transcendental platform and be affected by the modes? Same time. So maybe some of you have that problem. Um, so Prabhupada's answer is just like being on a boat. I think most of you have been on a boat here because this is Australia, and you're surrounded by water. So, uh, but sometimes waves will come and rock the boat. So the boat, the waves are the modes of material nature. So they may, we may, we may be on the boat, but we might get knocked down on the while we're on the boat. So our position may not be steady. So how do you become steady? You have to learn from the captain of the boat, the spiritual master, how to steer the boat, even in the greatest difficulties, uh, through the ocean of material life. Then you'll become steady. So I'd like to share with you one prayer which Sachinanda Swami Maharaj has given when you have problems. So this is a really nice one. So here is what the prayer is. My Lord, I cannot solve this alone. It is beyond my capabilities, intelligence, plans, ideas, and so forth. I sincerely request you to accept me as your surrendered 
soul and protect and maintain me. Protect me means keep me in a situation where I can function and the problems of material existence don't upset my life that much. Maintain me means maintain me on the spiritual platform. He says, if you do this simple step, a very interesting thing happens. The problem which looks so big, like now my life is finished, will start to shrink until it's the size of the hoof print of a calf. So you can try it. Try to pray like that. So we will stop here and ask if there's any questions on these points. Of course, one thing I would like to clarify uh, in Bhagavad Gita, there's a verse which says, I carry what my devotee lacks, and I preserve what they have. So when we read that verse, do we think, okay, I've got all these things, Krishna will protect them, and <laughs> he will keep them, and if I need something, he'll give me. That's true, but actually, if you read the purport of the verse, Prabhupada says, he will protect your spiritual advancement, and if you need something, he will give you for that spiritual advancement. You have to read the fine print. <laughs> read the purports. Uh, and so, yes, protect me on the spiritual platform. That's the main protection, that we don't leave, don't jump off the boat, don't leave Krishna consciousness. Keep trying, don't give up, even if it's difficult. Okay, and yet now you can ask questions, if you have comments, or... Yes? What is the name of the prayer that we just read so that... There's no name, it's just like that. Oh, it's just like that. It's just, yeah, if you want to find it on YouTube. Um, hmm, really hard. Sachinandan Swami. Sachinandan Swami. Yeah, I don't know how... To, I don't know if you can find it on Google. It's in one of his... It may be in... He posted on Facebook ages, a year ago or two ago, and I reposted it on my page not so long ago, yeah, maybe a few months. <laughs> mm -hmm. If I may wish to please request, if you can, um, give us your experience about your pastime with Srila <laughs> Well, I can't say everything. That would take anything you wish to share. Some standout points. Huh? Some standout something. Yeah, right. Well, I was a pujari in Calcutta Temple, and Prabhupada used to come there whenever before going to Mayapur, after coming back. So um, one thing about Calcutta now it's it's changed. There was a window behind the deities, and every day. We have on one side Radha Govinda, Gaur Radha Govinda, and the other side Jagannath, two altars. So the bumblebees would come in to Radha Govinda's side and go around them and sit in lotus flowers. So we had every day 144 lotus flowers. And, and one man, I had one man donating 50 garlands every day. We had all kinds of flowers. I used to change them five times a day. <laughs> so then, Prabhupada liked that. <laughs> So then the, the small bees were coming in, and they would sit on the garlands of Jagannath. And that's how it is in Vaikuntha. If you read Third Canto, the bees are sitting on the garlands. So we saw it. And then we saw the bumblebees coming on Radha Govinda's side, which is Krishna book, Radharani and the bumblebee. 
so we had this happening, and Prabhupada said, if the bees are coming, the deities are pleased with the worship. <laughs> well, that happened, yeah. It was one thing, and then another thing happened. Um, Prabhupada gave Bhagavad Gita class, and all the Prabhus had the Bhagavad Gita. They were singing the verse. Ladies didn't have the book. And I said it by memory. <laughs> so Prabhupada was really happy with that. Because I, I had memorized so many chapters. And so I just said, well, I don't have a book too bad. No, no problem. <laughs> I'll just say the verse. Yeah. Uh, other times were when I, he would come to Calcutta, I would type for him, Bhagavatam. So then, 1973, he came and his Pradumna, his Sanskrit editor, said, would you like to come with Prabhupada? He's translating Chaitanya Charitamrita. You just have to learn how to read Bengali and we're leaving tomorrow. <laughs> I said, no problem, I'm coming. <laughs> we just do anything to go with Prabhupada. So I had to learn to read Bengali. He gave me the book, I learned. I was off. <laughs> I was off. The first day I joined, I had to learn to read Sanskrit. He said, they gave me the Isha Upanishad and said, see in the back where it shows the letters and the English, so you've learned that? Because when we were typing Macmillan Bhagavad Gita, we had to transliterate as we were typing the, the photographic. We didn't have um, com real computers in those days. We had to type it um, on photographic paper. So, that was, and so if you made a mistake, it was cut and paste. Really, literally, layout was layout all over the floor, and cut and paste was if you made a mistake, we would have to retype the mistake, and they would cut and paste it. On the, that was in the seventy, set nineteen seventy. There was no computers. I mean, there was there was like an electric typewriter or something, something, no laptops. No. <laughs> Can you imagine life without laptops? <laughs> Can you imagine life without internet? Now in India, last I called my friend in India because the last two days, the government stopped the internet because of the problems. They stopped the internet for two days. Anyway, yeah, yeah, we had to use our brains more. <laughs> that's for sure. Um, so uh, yeah, that was that was another thing. So I went to, I was off to Mayapur. I was sitting on the floor, and I had uh, probably a trunk typing on the trunk. I had a manual typewriter. It means no electricity, you know, you just type and and hit it to come back. You know, you have to hit, smack it um, to bring it back. And if you make a mistake, you get white out and paint it. <laughs> so it takes a while, you know. So I was on the, I was listening to his tape on the dictaphone. I had a big Bengali Chaitanya Chaitanya to open. So I would hear Prabhupada say the Magali, I would read the Magali, and I would type it in English, the letters. So Prabhupada was, came walking, and we didn't have windows. We were living in the construction site in Mayapur. There was no windows. It was just a hole in the wall. So, um, and there were doors, but no handles. <laughs> so it would just swing open, because there was big winds. And the ladies' ashram didn't have a door. So we had to go through the next room. The next room didn't have a floor. So we had to walk in this plank <laughs> to get out the door. It was on the first floor. 
<laughs> so this was construction. We were living construction site. So Prabhupada came and he looked at my hole in, in the wall, which was going to be a window. And he said, oh, you know Bengali? He said, yes, you know Prabhupada. <laughs> I just learned the day before. He said, come to my room. So he said, you know Bengali, so um, we will do many books together. Never happened. I, they called me back to be Pujari in Calcutta. But then 30 years later, I started writing books. So now I have about 16 books. Bhagavatam at a glance. Um, so I have a few here today. I have the full Bhagavatam and the Bhagavad Gita, a picture for every verse. So if you like, you can get some books. <laughs> so yeah, that happened. 30 years later, his words came true. So that, that was book. He was doing books with me, because without Prabhupada, what could I write, you know? That was, that happened. And the same thing happened in Vrindavan. Um, I was in a darshan, and he said, my sister tells me you speak Bhagavatam very nicely. I never spoke Bhagavatam. And so I, I was puzzled. I couldn't say anything. And then I thought a while. I said, oh, yeah, Janamashtami Dev, we were reading from Bhagavatam, Krishna book, morning till night. And his sister was sitting in front of me. She didn't know a word of English. I was reading in English. And she was crying. And she said she speaks Bhagavatam. <laughs> so his words came true again. Uh, Thirty years later, I started teaching Bhakti Vaibhav, Bhagavatam, whole Bhagavatam with Parija and Prabhu. So that, yeah, the pure devotee says something must come true. Okay. Thank you very much. Any other questions? Jaya, glories to Shri Prabhupada. Thank you.